Hello all and welcome back to Oracle's Womb, Apothecary and Botanica, the podcast. If I sound a little raspy right now, um, I'm just not waking up and I have been sick. For the first time in three years, I have gotten sick. So... Let's first start this episode off with the herb of the day. So, my last herb of the day was chamomile. This herb is red clover. Red clover is great for a multitude of reasons. Um, menopause, um, shit, everything really. <laughs> Um, I use red clover for a lot of reasons, um, for a, er, an herb that aids me within sleep, for protection purposes, for teas, for, um, my son, for wounds, for, um, I use it as everything and understand, um, there are so many re- things that people use it for that don't align with what I use it for because um, I'm very much someone who likes to feel her way through her herbs. But yes, I will learn uh, the properties and I will learn how to use them. But ultimately, science and the scientific approach is the studying of another person's um, knowledge. Um, and a lot of their knowledge came from their senses. A lot of their knowledge knowledge came from their connection with the earth. So red clover, uh, red clover, <laughs> no, red clover is a very, um, a very beautiful herb, um, a plant. It is so beautiful, uh, beyond beautiful. Um, you, many people use it as luck, obviously, but I don't really use it that way. I use it more so in protection, um, and guidance, um, scrying with guidance. Um, I just love to put it in my water. I love to have fresh flowers, um, in my teas. I love to eat the flowers. I know that is very controversial. People will sell you all the tea strainers or tea bags or whatever the fuck else. And I get it. I get it if you don't like the plants in your in your actual tea. But for me, that's the best part. If I can't chew on it like your granny chew on snuff, then I don't know what to tell you. I, I can't have it. Um and there's just something about flowers. It was just something about plants, just chewing on them. And I don't know, not like me going outside and I'm a cow and I'm going to graze on some grass or some shit, but on some other shit. Uh, I just like flowers in my tea and I like to thank them. I like to be in communication with them. And I feel as if you get more, you know, when you consume all of it and especially if they are fresh. So red clover is a beautiful herb. Um, and I also feel like a lot of the 
herbs that women use for their menses and um, our natural cycles and the things that we go through are great for men who go through natural cycles um, as well. Men have their own natural cycles as well. So um, men, if there is a man who is listening to this episode, please, 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 please go out and get you some red clover for you and your girlfriend. A beautiful herb. Great, great, great for um, sleep um blood thinning as they like to say um if you want to go that route but in my family we use it as a mood (laughs) enhancer I feel like a lot of flowers are mood enhancers even if they people don't say that they're mood enhancers like they think lavender is a mood enhancer but lavender does not calm me lavender makes me antsy um just as well as ashwagandha makes me antsy, makes me sluggish. I don't like the way my body feels after I have lavender and ashwagandha. Um, I feel very sluggish. And I don't think those plants are for me. Um, And then as far as me doing research and how plants evolve and understanding that plants evolve with the way that we evolve on this earth... um, yeah when they move from one place to another when they're in soil that's getting sunlight or if it's raised you know via leds or whatever so with that being said red clover is that girl we use her for everything I love red clover um now I don't use herbs to for symptoms um just for symptoms readily I really only use them um for when I don't really know what's going on and I'm that's what many people do so when I know what's going on if I need it to, I'm very much someone who likes to take her pain. Um, it's my fault. Most of, Nine times out of ten, it's my fault that I'm in pain, to be honest with you. So I take my pain. I I bite through it and um, move through it. And as, uh, shit. Yeah, so as someone who does that, um, if I don't know what's going on and or I need to do something um, quick and now that I have my son, yes, of course, I use herbs for symptoms, but I also get to the root of the issue. I figure it out. I actually do something about it. And that means changing lifestyle, changing the way I think, changing the way I eat, making sure that um, my daily practices stand, going outside. Um, digging my feet in the grass, getting some sun, creating, writing, um, you know, all those things that's in alignment with health. So, with that being said, red clover is the herb of this episode. So, 
Just wanted to throw that in. Now, let's talk about motherhood, sisterhood, and womanhood and initiations. So, if this podcast come out before my other, if this episode come out before my other episodes, the other episodes are quite dark and I'm really trying not to, I'm leaning towards posting them and not posting them. It's more, they're more so about spirits and movement and um, just really connecting with ourselves and it's just a lot of stuff. So, with that being said, let's get into this episode. So, motherhood, (laughs) how you ladies doing? I know, like, I can't hear you, but um, leave me a voice message, voice memo, or whatever the hell it's called. Um, You know, if you listen to this and we talk, um, just DM me via Instagram or wherever you come from. Um, So... I really wanted to talk about um, motherhood and sisterhood and womanhood and all that good jazz because dun 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 dun, I have an official release date for a very special project. Um, I have an official release date for my debut project. Doom, 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 and everything is halfway done. I've been working on this shit for years and years and years, just hoping to get it right. So a lot is happening. Um, I was going to record a video about this, but you know what? I really don't have time. And the only time I have is late at night. And honestly, I don't want to have to look the part. You know, so um, I'm here recording. And I think I like speaking over the podcast more than I like videos. (laughs) But then again, I do like to look at myself. So we shall see. Okay, so I mentioned earlier that I was sick. I got the flu. My significant other was um, sick. He had come down with the flu. Um, He started a new job and been in close proximity. I got the flu for a whole 24 hours. And it was like as soon as it hit at 12, as soon as 12 o'clock hit, 12 a.m. And it's so weird because um, when I had my son at 12 a.m., right on the dot, I had contractions. My son, like on Christmas, it started at 12 a.m. As soon as that day started, boom. Then it took him a whole 26, 27 hours to get here. So, yeah. 12 a.m., I had this banging headache, like, damn, head hurting. Then my legs started hurting, and I was like, what the fuck? And then it's just like my entire body was drained, and um, I had a stuffy nose, you know, a little cough. My, my 
arms, my muscles were aching everywhere. I couldn't move. I couldn't. I just slept and drank water and slept and drank water and had some tea. And I slept. Wasn't really around my son that much. So that entire day, I was feeling pretty good. I mean, the next day, I was feeling pretty good. The entire day, I was feeling like shit. Soon as 12 o'clock hit, I wake up. I don't feel like I'm sick anymore. But during that day, I felt like I was going to die. Like, I was going to lose my legs. I was I was saying, listen, listen, universe, I know, I know, I know, I know I ain't been doing everything I was supposed to do. But listen, if you let me keep my legs, I promise I'm going to get myself together. I'm going to do right. I'm going to do right. Just let me keep my legs. Just let me keep my legs. I thought I was going to lose my legs because, you see, my uncle, my not my uncle, but my um great-grandfather lost his legs. And I don't know. I don't even remember how he lost his legs. But all I know is I didn't know I had the flu until days later. <laughs> um, honestly. And it's so interesting because around this time last year, my significant other had got a flu shot. When I was pregnant, because as always, and they target pregnant women too. And it's so interesting that the people who have never, from my experiences, from the people um, that I've connected with, and it's not to say the, you know, so from the people that I've connected with, the people that I know who has, who have never gotten a flu shot, never they have never gotten the flu. Um, so, I was realizing that that was payment. That that sickness was payment. It was payment for something that I have done. Payment for something that <coughs> comes with this system. Um, this system, it was my payment. Um, you can't exist within the system, within this world and feel as if you're going to skate through freely and you're not going to get burnt. You can't reap the benefits of this system and still want to live and accordingly to um the soul but not expect to get burned so anyways living in the system that was another payment another form of initiation because i really i thought it felt like death and paying things often initiation oftentimes feel like death it's endings. Endings feel like death when you lose your significant other and you feel like you can't live without them. That's an ending. That's an initiation. That is the movement into something else. Birth. Motherhood. Oh, my goodness. Do you know how many times I feel like I cannot take it? 
I cannot do it. I want to stop. I want to give up. I want to scream. And most time I do scream. I just let it out. But it feels like death. Birth. Oh, you can't tell me that is not torture sometimes. Well, only after nine centimeters, but that's beside the point. So women are naturally going through these cycles of initiation. Um, whether it's through the friends, uh, our friends or our significant others or just the, this world in general, everything we go through, we are being initiated. And I don't mean the whole ceremonial initiation. I mean initiation through in the ways that really fucking matter. Life. So here we are. By the way, I just want to say thank you to everyone um, because my last episode got 43 views. Very nice. Thank you. I didn't even know that. Uh, I don't even know how this shit works, to be honest. So thank you. Um, yeah. So. Initiation. Women. I have been going through a lot as a mother as a mother coming in coming into her own skin um a new skin ratherly um learning to fit new shoes wear them um and tie my own corset uh, literally and figuratively um and just coming into my own so the women in my family are not much of well through my mother's um side my maternal um you know family uh she the family the women in my family are not quite how can i say it forthcoming and welcoming and um very open to love i feel as if it's very open to criticism and supporting businesses it's more so like a business transaction it's all performative except with my sister and my mother of course well even with my mother a lot of times it's performative with my sister there's no room to be fake like yeah you get on my nerves sometimes yeah she I get on her nerves sometimes you know and sometimes we need to scream sometimes we need to let it out and sometimes we're angry so yeah there's no room to be anything else but with other women in my family it's performative and I know many people out there may have family members where they feel as if they have to perform. And I'm very much um, someone, well, I'm the old, eldest of four children, um, three on each side. Um, my dad, me, my sister and I have the same mother and the same father. And then I have a little brother on each side. So... I am the eldest, and I was taught to put everyone else's needs before my own. I had no room to really express within my family, so I needed to move. You know, I needed to go off and to learn to express, and that's a part of the reason why I went to art school, but that's beside the point. So, anyways, here we are. 
um, the women in my family, they're very performative. And I kind of knew that these relationships didn't quite fit um, who I was. These, I've kind of, I've grown that. I've, um, I've left that. So coming into motherhood and not having women around me is very lonely especially mothers and mothers who are allowing other mothers to figure it out and to learn their mothering, their own form of mothering, because every mother is totally different. There may be some similarities and we may do things similar or we may have the sim- uh, similar opinions and desires and wishes for our children, but at the same time, Um, we need to kind of just let women figure this shit out for themselves and just support them and not in the way like, and not in the way that most people think supporting is. And outside of supporting your family's businesses, do you support your family? Do you allow them to make their own choices? Do you love them? Do you think highly of them? Do you speak highly of them? How do you treat them? So, um, I don't really have relationships with women in my family that are my age. And it's not to say that I didn't have relationships with them before. I think that I've kind of just outgrown them. And I don't have space right now. But once I make space, hopefully they will have space. So, anywho, back to motherhood. I had a conversation with a matriarch of my family, my grandmother. Um, And she... um, She said something that kind of stung. And my son is only 10 months. She called my son bad. And the children, and the reason why she called my son bad was because he didn't want to get down and play at a family member's house of ours. Um, Wow. The children, they're maybe, they're like two and four, yeah, um, because the last time we went, they were taking things from him, and the energy, he obviously felt that shit, and he didn't like that shit, and he just don't fuck with them anymore, so, um... She said that they were just being children, but he was bad. And that made me realize how unwelcomed I felt and I was. Um, And because my mother was unwelcomed and unloved. And how those things pass over to our children, um, consciously or unconsciously, regardless it passes over a lot of the times it do so what 
And I, it hurt because my son is only, as a mother, you're very protective over your children, one. And two, my son is only 10. He can't be bad when he don't know any fucking better. But those children who were taught, who should be being taught, are the three, about to be three, about to be five, should, should know better. And the context and the categorization of a baby as being bad, when these children, he's new here. He don't know no better. The fuck he look like getting down. He just remember those badass kids taking shit from him. He didn't like it. He remember them and he don't want to fuck with them. And that's natural. And I feel as if if we all had that innate instinct still embedded within us, we would have we wouldn't been in half the shit we've been in. If we still had that intuitive knowledge that these babies do, we wouldn't have been in half the shit. My son sees something he don't like, he don't fuck with it, he don't pay no attention. Shit, he he might cry and tell you to get, get the fuck away from it. You know? If he don't want something, he not gonna take it. He gonna shake his head no. He learned how to shake his head no months ago. And if he don't want it, he ain't going to eat it. If he don't want to watch something, he's not going to watch it. And that's the thing. I'm realizing the generational trauma, the teachings, and all of these things, and how they really do affect our children. So part of the initiation into motherhood is undoing, unlearning, and removing. We thought that we have did enough by changing the way that we apparently, okay, I'm more holistic. Okay, I'm breastfeeding. Okay, um, I'm not going to force my baby into a room by himself and cry himself to sleep to the point, uh, and doing and while doing so, making him feel as if he has no one, making him feel alone. I'm not going to do that. I'm making him feel abandoned. I'm not going to do that. It's not just enough. It's it's breaking spells that you didn't even know existed. You know, it's removing these things that you didn't know existed. So, it was really, 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 really weird um, for me because I love my grandmother and I look up to her, but when there are people... People have their favorites. People have people that they favor. Um, mothers, I guess. I don't have one child, so I don't know. I can't attest to that. So I'm just realizing that although I'm the granddaughter who do call the most, who do check in, who do ask questions about the lineage, There are things being said and done towards me, and this may sound like a event session, but it's really just me coming to terms and sharing with you all that motherhood comes with a lot of bumps, and part of that is the work that we didn't do. During my pregnancy, I went through a lot, and it's not that my significant other left me. It's not that my pregnancy was hard. It was the women of my family. I was trying to break so many curses. I had to literally fight. 
I had to literally fight to be able to be my own mother. I had to have words with my mother to the point where we almost fist fight fought while I was pregnant because I was evolving past parameters that she never thought to evolve past. And it's heartbreaking um, to have parents that or just family that doesn't see you, who don't know you, who don't care beyond the things that you can do for them. And I've been someone who had to put everyone's feelings above my for a very long time. And people are used to that. So me going off to college was a way for me to express and come more into myself. And I left all of it behind. I wasn't worried about pleasing anyone else. Um, You know, I was away. No one could help me. No one could do anything for me. I was literally failing courses um, while I was, I think it was my freshman year. I was going through a lot. And I just... I text my mom and told her I didn't know if I could do it or if that if I could do anything. And I was in a dark place and I was telling her how I just wasn't OK. My mental, it wasn't OK. And I text her that and I never got a response. And a lot of the times I think back to that and I'm just like. I've always been my mother's emotional um, dumpster. And then because of that, I mimicked that relationship with the women within my family. So once I stopped, everything became transactional. It felt like it was no connection because they didn't know how to deal with me. They didn't know how to, you know, I was this new person. My fire had returned. I was holding within and everyone was felt like they were walking on eggshells because I might explode or they didn't know what was coming next for me. Um, And people just take advantage. And then I sunk back into that trying to be nice, trying to be, you know, someone else's emotional dumpster, but I can't. So if you listen to this, um, all of this has a point. So moving on. I am just now learning these things about motherhood and about how they show up and how mothering, um, it's a lifelong lesson. It's a lifelong journey. Um, and there are so many small initiations, if you ask me, um, and just learning to manage through those things and having a support system and having a support system within yourself. Um, what has really gotten me through right now, because I scream a lot. I don't yell at my child, but I scream out of frustration. Um, I, in the beginning, I gave all of myself to my son. I gave him the first five, six months. It was just all him. All my son, all my son, all my son. And recently, his father and I, we separated. 
And I felt as if I was cheating, as if I was stuck with my son because I had given myself away. I have given everything up. I didn't even know who I was outside of motherhood. I didn't know anything, you know. I didn't know who I was anymore. My body looked different. I had to learn to reacquaint myself with that, how I felt within my body. I wasn't in my body. I was stiff. So my son was stiff. And there was so many things that was blocking. And I felt alone. I had no help. I had no time to primp myself. I had no time to shower, really. I had to really just take time to shower. I had to force, you know, and I have a high needs baby. Well, I'm not even going to say high needs baby. I just have a son. And babies naturally won't be close to their mother. That's normal, you know? So I'm trying to do things differently, but the women around me don't support the things that I'm doing because they themselves weren't connected to their mother because their mother wasn't connected to her mother and so forth and so forth. And so we've adapted this, oh, Shit, he need to learn how to do this. He need to be independent, this and this and this and this and this because I got things to do because I have to make this money because I got to do this. And if I don't do this, how are my kids going to eat and how my kids are not do this and how can I do this and this and this and this. And yes, while very, a, lot, a lot of our mothers had to go through that, but I don't. I have a chance to do it differently. And part of that is because of, his father and part of that is because of me most of it is because of me because I knew what it is that I wanted and what I didn't want I knew I did not want my son I I did not not that I didn't want my son I knew I did not want my son growing up in a space where um his mother wasn't here or his father wasn't here he needed and I needed that, uh, me more than him. So, learning to navigate, I didn't, I didn't know, you know, whether or not I should put him on the schedule, or if he was um, going to create his own schedule, or you know, looking for certain signs of him creating his own schedule, or anything of that sort that a mother who stays at home with her children would know. And so. I'm doing things different. I'm the first to actually breastfeed in generations since my grandmother. None of her kids breastfed, none of the women before me. I had a cousin who had two children. She did not breastfeed until I breastfed. And part of that reason was because she felt as if... And that's because she didn't want to feel as if I one-upped her. There has always been this underlying competition um, that I realized later on in life that she had going on. When I was younger, I did not realize. I didn't become aware to people. I didn't even think people was jealous of me. You know, I didn't even... I thought highly of myself, but I didn't think that I was someone that other people would be jealous from. Here you have a girl 
who's just now learning to do the things that other people have been learning to do. You have someone who's learning to use her voice now, coming into her own, sharing poetry from, you know, God's know how long. Um, you know, I've been writing for forever because I had no room to speak. Um, I finally got to create in many different aspects. So I try different things, even if I'm not good at them. I just want to express. I just want to create. I'm not trying to be a musician. I'm not trying to be a singer. I'm not trying to be anything that I'm not. I'm just a creator. I want to create. So if I do pick up music, it's because I want to be creative. You know, I want to express. Um, I've been doing um, learning um, instruments and um, making beats or, you know, whatever for the for the longs of time um you know and I've been writing for a very long time I've been painting for a long time sewing for a long time and really just coming into my own um with all of my um creative um avenues I guess so I didn't know I just thought that I was a girl who just grew up with nothing, you know, really. I had I had no form of expression. I felt as if my life was dead almost. I had nothing. Um my life was very solemn. Only thing I had was my intellect because that was the way that to get my I had to be good. I had to be good to get my parents um attention. You know, as some children act out to get their parents attention, I had to overachieve. Um, and not in the way where it was over the top, but just do enough, just the minimum to overachieve for my family. So I didn't know that I had people that was jealous of my intelligence. Well, really, it that of, of course I was intelligent. Of course I had um, great sensory. Of course um, my senses were intact. Um, but... My level of remembrance was something. And to this day, people still try to play me as if I don't remember shit. I remember things that other people do not remember from my childhood. And I think it's an insult to my intelligence that motherfuckers try to play me like that. Like, oh, no, that didn't happen that way. Yes, it did, bitch. I'm very objective. Like, yeah, it did hurt my feelings. I know such and such and such and such. But damn, it did happen that way. So... It's very interesting and shit. Maybe they're lying to themselves, so it won't be that hard for them. So, I don't know. But I didn't know that I had people who were jealous of me. I wasn't aware of that when I was a child. I was I was too busy in my own shit. I didn't know that adults spoke highly of me. Um, I didn't know that people thought that highly of me, you know. I just thought, shit, motherfuckers used to tease me, shit. They bullied me and... They didn't like me, you know. Um, what other reason? Why? Why would you bully someone? So that was my take. Like, oh, they just don't fuck with me. They don't like me. Um, I didn't know that people were jealous of me until my cousin, who was very honest, said that he was jealous. Although the reason why he told me he was jealous was just to say that he's doing better than any of us at that moment, but. The universe has a funny way of working itself out, so <laughs> um 
I didn't know that people thought, I didn't know that, you know, I was just in my own world. And so then once I got very well acquainted with that, and then I started to like really think about it and I started to manifest that within myself. So I sat with it and I learned it. And then I started to see in ways that my cousin was, my cousins, I had cousins and friends who were jealous once I really understood it once I saw it because I just thought like oh people who say people are jealous of them they just they full of shit ain't nobody jealous of you da 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 this da 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 until I felt it until someone brought it into my peripheral and and to to feel it to go through it to understand it now that's a totally different thing and to transmute it all together um that's some shadow work for your ass too so I just started, I can see it. I can see it instantly um, within myself, within other people. Because when I was younger, I, I, yes, there were things that I wanted, but it never made me, I don't know, and I never got that feeling. So to see it in women um, around me who I loved and cared for and to see them not, and even to this day, when you share your things with them and to see them not, and to hear them not say anything and they just look when you show them your website um, or show them your creations or you talk about your creations and they not say anything or your plans um, and they secretly go behind your back and, you know, that's another thing. And the women around us, it's very hard to disconnect from the women you've shared a womb with. Um, and we have, we're giving them space and grace to be who and what they are. But at the same time, it's, it's just very interesting. I think that a lot of them... are giving so much of themselves away that they they don't even recognize themselves. They don't even know themselves. So they're trying to scruffle for other energy elsewhere. So that's why they want to use you as your emotional dumpster. And if you're too focused on things that make you happy, then who else is going to be their emotional roller coaster? And also, they want the things that you have. They want the freedom. They want... You know, they want their freedom. They want their energy. They want that ability to move. They want the happiness and the joy you feel and the light within your eyes that lights up because they're too deep and dark in their corners dealing with shit that they could have avoided if their intuition was still intact. So it all goes back to the mothers, you know, the very first matriarchs, the mothers, and how we teach our children. Um... And I'm realizing all this shit goes back to our mamas. Like, all of this shit go back to our parents. And I had this interesting conversation with a friend of mine. Um, well, who was, I don't know, I'm not going to say she's not a friend anymore. It's just that I feel as if we are not on the same path because she truly, when you have friends and the people around you and if they don't 
respect your voice and they don't respect your um ideas and opinions and they don't respect you enough to have you speak on speak your opinion instead of using your opinion as if there's theirs and they don't respect that. Yeah. Yeah. And you have people around you who just want to use you to make themselves look good, then what do you do? And so I'm coming back into that now. My son really did spark a lot within me when I was pregnant. I was I was so angry. I <laughs> I was beyond angry. I had to let a lot of shit out. I did not hold anything back. I let it all out. Um, those hormones really did push forth uh, my my anger. So I had to let it out. And now I'm really learning to not only just let it out, but to know when to speak and when not to speak. So that was that. And so, yeah, the women, it all goes back to our parents. And I was having this conversation with that friend. And she was saying that, um, your children aren't always a reflection of you, the things that your children do when they become adults. But even when they are adults, even when they are 60, your children will always be a reflection of you because in a sense, they are you. We gave birth to ourselves. We literally give birth to ourselves. My child is a reflection of me. He is me. In some shape or form, he is me. He came from the same womb as me. We share the same blood. We shared the same bones. We shared the same heart. We have shared the same lungs. We have shared everything that is vital for evolution, for birth, for thriving, for living. It is my lungs that are within him. It is my blood that is within him. My heart it's his heart. My eyes are his eyes. And my face may not necessarily be his face, but everything I created this being. I created him. I'm supporting him. I'm sustaining him. My child will always be a reflection of me, C- consciously or unconsciously. We will always we will always be connected. Um, I'm always a reflection of my mother, and sometimes I feel like I am my mother. I do the same shit that she do, and I'm trying to, you know, <laughs> get get past that. So when she said that, it, and coming from my own and seeing how all of us, all three of me and my, me and my siblings, all of my siblings are totally different we're all different we're all different me and my brother are creators yes that's what we have in common me and my sister are both very much articulate and we speak our minds that's what we have in common my little brother is just as much of a spirit free spirit as me um the youngest one we have that in common so we're all different all of us are different and I see what my mother didn't do and what she did do and how that played a part in that. So, 
and how it affected us. So when she said your children will always will not always be a reflection of you because our parents did the best that they could when what they had and yes that is true they did the best with what they had but their best wasn't good enough they could have done better and I'm learning that as a mother I can always do better I can always do better not to the point to where I'm always hounding on myself as every moment but more so I stop I breathe through it I figure out what's working and what's not working and okay mental note write this down or let's do it better we can always do it better it's not being hard on yourself it's knowing and learning and allowing yourself space to get it wrong so you can learn so um With that being said, it's not about being extremely hard on yourself. It's not about saying, oh, bitch, you did this. Oh, why did I do this? Oh, I'm a bad mother. Or, oh, I'm a horrible mother. Or, oh, I do this. And, oh, I do that. And now that this is, I screamed earlier. And I let my frustrations out and such and such and such and such and such and such. But you don't stop and breathe. Figure out what's working and what's not. Because that very much, that very same way of you laying your frustrations out it's what makes you calm. So your baby is less stressed as well. So if you're not as stressed, your baby is not as stressed. So moving through that and figuring out ways that you can, better ways you can let your frustrations out. Um, and allowing yourself to get it wrong. Allowing yourself to live life and to learn to mother Learn to mother yourself in ways that you need to and learn to mother your child in ways that your child needs to and let, allow your child to teach you to mother them. So, with that being said, um, the best uh, what our parents did, it was not good enough. They were too much within their egos, just as much as their parents were. Um, a lot of hurt and frail and fragile children and they didn't have the mothering that they needed so with that being said your children will always be a reflection of you um she brought up the notion of you have one successful child and one unsuccessful child and if the child that's unsuccessful do something such as i don't know i forgot but maybe say break into a bank or who won't break into a bank or you know what they they steal from a, a restaurant they take out a gun and you know rob a restaurant and um that doesn't mean that that child is a reflection of the parent. And that is definitely, they, more than anyone, is reflecting back the demons within that family. They're, them, more than anyone, is reflecting back what was done and what wasn't. 
how they were loved and how they weren't, how they were taught and how they weren't taught, you know, how they were spoken to and how they weren't spoken to, how much attention they got or how much attention they didn't get, you know, how much was given to them, how much they were nurtured, you know, that's what they're showing back. They are showing back everything that was not done. And people think that, oh, their mother was so sweet. She was so frail. She gave them everything. She did this and this, this and this, this. Well, yeah, that's the issue. She called her the boy. Daddy wasn't there. You know? Daddy wasn't there. This and this and this. So that's my thing. Them more than the golden child? <laughs> The, what do they call it? The scapegoat? <laughs> Reflects back everything that is wrong. And even the golden child. The golden child is just as fucked up as the scapegoat. Uh, the black sheep of the family. That's what it is. Boom. Black sheep of the family. family. The black sheep just is a better mirror. You know, the, the golden child is too busy stuffing the shit down and not feeling and suppress, suppressing and not know what the fuck they're doing to the point that they get to the space of stasis, of comostasis, comeostasis, or something like that. I think that's what it's called, comeostasis. I'm not quite sure. I don't know all the terms for it. But they get to the space to, where the, to the point where they're not even living. And then... And that's where you come in, you see people who are successful and they just feel like, this isn't me. What the fuck? They wake up one day and they're just not feeling this shit. Like, I did all this shit for the praise, the recognition, for the love of my family. And I don't really give a fuck. Like, yeah, I like this shit, but it's not up to me making me happy. And you see these people jump off a fucking cliff. Literally and figuratively. You know, they skydiving. They you know cliff diving and whatever the fuck else they're doing and trying to get that thrill back trying to really reconnect themselves to their fire to what that passion to what makes them alive because they've been the walking dead for the longest you know because their parents were their parents gave their energy away so they gave their energy away um So, yeah. So now, after that, they, after that, mothering is so wild. And there are no rules and there are no confined spaces. And to be a woman means to evolve and to switch and to become and to end and to do and undo. It means so many things at once. It means so many things at once that it contradicts itself. And to the point where you're just being, you're just existing. And that is what motherhood feels like. It feels like I'm suffocating one minute and I'm just here the next. Or I'm extremely, extremely accomplished and happy and I can conquer the world because I am the world, you know? And then I just want to curl up in a corner and cry. So motherhood are, is so many things that this experience is so wide and 
varied and so many people try to give it so many fixed um opinions and things and it's just an initiation it is just an initiation and so what i don't know i'm just learning this is only my 10 month out here okay and let me tell you it is wow and you have to be built for this there are so many mothers who are not present with their children who have literally checked out figuratively and literally <laughs> i need to stop saying that i don't even know where that came from but um so many women um well brother i have so many cousins who deal with their children high they have to have them a blunt every day multiple blunts every day you know i have so many women and it's not to say that oh um you know i condemn them for smoking or from you know having a vice or whatever it's just more so critique the same way in which I do for myself when I feel myself slipping into something that could be compulsive or um not even compulsive but um you know obsessive um um, something that could uh, either be, I'm just going to do this in a moment. Yes, this is this and this that could fuck up my life. Um, compulsive or either obsessive as far as something that can become an addiction because I exist within extremes. I know me. When I want to eat cake, I'm going to eat cake every fucking day of the week until I'm tired of it, until I throw up. Or, I'm going to eat chocolate every fucking day until I'm tired of it, until I throw up, or until I get a cavity, you know, until something happens. And so, you know, I've been there. I've done that so many times. And that's another reason why I had to take into account my health, because so many things have happened. I had to learn my lesson in the worst possible way, because I did not really pay attention to the symbols and there's a saying that the universe is always speaking to us it's always sending us signs it's always in conversation with us some most of the time they're subtle it's like having a conversation with someone and you just didn't pay attention right so they keep sending you symbols and symbols and symbols and symbols and you ain't paying attention you're one 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 you're two 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 you're twenty three twenty three you're forty four forty four you know all those things and they keep sending you keep she keeps sending you symbols and signs and signs and symbols and signs and symbols and shit you ain't heeding it you're not listening so she got to do something fucking drastic and chaotic just to get your attention um hence the scarlet fever i had hence the way that my body um was and how i went through multiple miscarriages and um shit my menstrual cycle and shit me getting sick the way i did so um a lot of the times initiations can be um from us not looking. Anyway, so you know, I don't know, I can't quite remember what I was saying before that. I'm probably not gonna stop, but yeah, so 
I know so many women. That's what I was saying. I know so many women who have do who checked out, who check out, who can't deal with their children, who scream at their children all day, instead of having a better coping mechanism. Because obviously, your addiction isn't helping you. So, how can you better the lives of your children? You know, and that's something that I ask myself. All the time. I'm not going to say every day because that's not it. I'm too busy living. I'm too busy playing. I'm too busy trying to um, make a living for me and my son. But in a way that's comfortable for me and that keeps him right here with me. Um, So doing things differently and trying to move through. So our best just ain't good enough sometimes. And it's not to say that. You know, it's wrong or it's right. It's just not. And um, I mean, it just is, you know, it's just not. It's just not good enough sometimes. It just exists. Um, I wrote an article about this years ago about negative and positive energy and wrong and right and um, low and high and how people totally misconstrue all of them. Um, thanks, a thesaurus. Uh, so... Yeah, I think that motherhood is just something that we just have to go through blindly, you know, when we know it. And we're not even going through it blindly. We have our intuition, and that comes with, you know what, I'm going to do a healing segment and of reconnecting to our intuition and how I reconnect to mine. So... Yeah, here we are. (sighs) Motherhood is just that. It's just so many things. And women are so many things that you can't even put a name to it besides women. You know, women are just so many things. So here we are. So motherhood, womanhood. (sighs) I don't know. I feel as if motherhood and womanhood for me are one and the same. And I really do want to talk to other women about motherhood and womanhood and how moving through those, um, how things change, you know, how motherhood is an initiation into womanhood. Um, But womanhood is an initiation into motherhood, you know. So... There's kind of levels. There's different levels. So, and going through these, it was so much easier when you, it's so much easier when you have the support of the matriarchs, uh, you know, of the matriarchs, of the women before you through your mother's side or even through your father's side could be what if you have their unconditional support. I don't mean them just buying something from their your business. I don't mean them just coming in on your Facebook post or just saying, oh, you're so beautiful, this and this and this. Like, no, I don't need to be validated. I know I'm beautiful. I know I can sell these products. I know I can do all of these things. But what, how are you supporting me? And not just by, and then there are women who feel threatened because their entire life they had told themselves 
that they were the most intelligent ones within the family or they were this or they were that or they were this and they knew that they didn't fit that standard that their parents or somebody else was giving to them and so they started to underperform and they knew that they weren't meeting their own standards so they underperformed and then they had to create this law for themselves and so when you are not performing or existing within that lie or you don't you know and you reflect back to them something totally different that their reality is like they get defensive and you know they want to come to you and kind of perfect the lie that they told so the things that they do to you out of that um so much as trying to force knowledge upon you um a lot of women they want to only be seen as right they don't want to seem as if they don't know something they won't they need that because their entire life someone has told them that you know there was something else so they had to create this life for themselves um because they believed what that person told them so here we are Women, there are no boundaries. They really have no boundaries. They want to tell you everything. They don't want you to come into it on your own. They want to be the one. It's all egotistical because they ultimately, we're all really just disconnecting. We're all just operating in our egos. There are things that I do not know. There are a lot of shit that, there's a lot of shit that I don't know. And I don't feel bad about knowing shit that I don't know. Because I only talk about the shit I doubt I do know or the shit that I'm learning or the shit I'm studying or the shit I just feel is right. You know, and that's why people think that I'm intelligent because I use my common fucking sense. Um, I use my senses. I understand that emotional intelligence is being aware. I understand that there are so many different forms of intelligence out there. Um, and yes, I do feel as if I'm very articulate. Um, but on the contrary, I'm not someone who needs to hang my intelligence over anyone because what are we performing for? A lot of us are still healing from um, us being broken and taken into school, um, you know. So that was one thing. Um kind of almost like how your mother or a mother says you need to break him or you need to break such and such because my son spends time with me but what we learn and what we see that children grow out of stages it's all developmental so while my son likes to be under me now I know four years from now this nigga ain't gonna want shit to do with me this shit not gonna be on my this boy is not gonna be on my titty you know, he's 10 months, and because they didn't breastfeed and because their mother didn't have a connection with them because she severed the connection when she, you know, um, when she did, they, they're very disconnected. And so I had to really, and that's another reason why I went into women's work. I felt disconnected from the women in my family. I felt disconnected, but that wasn't something that I had to do. I didn't have to go and bring everyone along for the ride. You know, um, that was something solely for me to work out, 
for me to go through, for me to move through. And yes, my experiences are now helping other women. Um, so I don't know. I ultimately think that mummy issues, <laughs> um, the mother wound, is just about being disconnected. Disconnected from my planet, disconnected from my mothers. That just it makes sense to me. Um so and that was another thing. That was another thing. I see so plainly now how women are disconnected from their mothers. I see the lies that we create to make our mothers in this image. And I've been there. (laughs) Hey. 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 It's okay. Hey. Hey. Are you hot, baby? So, yes, I see so clearly because I have been there. You know, sisterhood, womanhood, motherhood are all one. They're all initiations into another. Um, recently, and what, how I figured out I had a mother wound was because a lot of women in my life, I continue to have issues with the women in my life. I was just like, damn, am I that disconnected? Am I, what am I doing wrong? If I'm, although these were all different issues, there was something that was the same there. It's coming denominator, you know, me. So, just like, damn, what's wrong? And I got to thinking, and I got to seeing with it, and I got to trying to manifest relationships with women who are of like mind and who mirror back to me. Um, but I realized that I already had relationships that were mirroring back. But it was it was very weird. So, anyways. I had this relationship with this friend of mine. Um, nothing drastic happened. It just it came to my conclusion that she did not respect me because I was not respecting myself. Um, she also I speak with conviction. I guess, and I know and I feel and I believe in everything that I speak about. It's evident in the way I speak. So because she didn't believe in herself and she didn't believe in her words, she didn't trust herself. She didn't trust me to open up. She also would use my words to make herself look good. I had to step back and just take my energy back because, you know, I don't have a problem with you coming to either a disagreement, coming to the terms of, 
what is that? How do you say it? Uh, agreement. You know, thinking about it and then like, okay, I changed my opinion. I actually agree with you. And I don't want you to do that. Just be you. You have your opinion. And we can disagree and we can have this, uh, you know, discord and discourse. Shit, I don't know. I'm sleepy right now. <laughs> my child on my titty, so I'm getting distracted because I'm sleepy. Every time he gets on the titty, I get sleepy. He's literally taking my energy. So, yeah, she talked about these things. And um, I'm realizing that... <sighs> she doesn't trust herself. And... She didn't respect me because she couldn't respect herself. And that's because her mother didn't respect her enough to show her, you know. So, a lot of issues. And she was one of those women, like, she could never keep friends who are women. She could never keep friendships with women very long. And if she did, it's because they allowed space in between. It's not that they talk a lot or they work a lot because the women that she see on a daily basis, there's always issues. And um, I was like that too, in a sense. But I love women. I don't hate women. I never had a lot of guy friends at all. I had guy cousins that I was close to and maybe one guy friend. But other than that, all of my friends, all of the women were women. And I love them to death. I love them dearly. They're beautiful. They're women are just the shit, you know. I love women. So she was one of those who talked like she's always had more male friends than, you know, and it got me thinking. I've never been that way. I'm very much a soft and open person. I'm very much a feminine person. I'm very much expressive. I love to express, you know, and if I feel as if my expression is welcomed there, I will open up to you. I will express. But if you make me feel like my expression is not welcome, I leave. Or if you make me feel that my expression is only something that should be monetized and, you know, instead of shared and connected with, and it lets me know that they didn't hear me, that they didn't see me because they couldn't see themselves. And I was so blinded by like, okay, this is a child friend. She's kind of on the same wavelength as me, kind of. You know, we hear with some of the thoughts. So, you know, and I'm very open to allowing people to show up as they are. But it also made me realize that I know what I want. I know who I am. And I know... um that I just have no space in my life right now for people who don't trust themselves, you know? Because how can you trust me? How can you trust our connection? How can we truly connect if you don't trust yourself? Um, you know? So I need someone who trusts themselves. I need women who are very much intact with their intuition. Um, I need women who hold space for me and who don't think along the lines of wrong and right. And, yeah, they tell me when I fucked up or I did something to hurt someone, you know, or maybe I shouldn't have done that, but not 
wrong and right because that's very boxy and limited and it does not pertain to every situation. So, um, I don't want people to be my soundboard. I don't want people to be speaking my words back to me. You know, I said my words because they are my words. And if you feel that, you can agree to that. But also say them in your words. Say them from your perspective. And I also don't need anyone trying to tell me, teach me what I've taught them. So there's this thing that's going around about ego and my identity. And when it's time to let go and time to release. And that is a part of womanhood. Allowing our cycles to come and knowing to when to release and when to, you know, create again. So, sisterhood is very much the same. I feel like the best thing that we can do for the women around us is release them. Hold space for them, but release them when it's time to be released. And we have to you know, discern between when it's time to release and when it's time to just hold space and to let them show up to, as who they are. Um, and that's basically part of what I said that the friend... And it's really disheartening because I valued her opinion at first until I realized that her opinion was everyone else's opinion. Because she truly didn't know how she felt. So. Womanhood, sisterhood, and motherhood are all so much alike. I'm getting very tired. There are so many things that could be said. But I like to share stories. I like to share my own experiences. So that you can think about your own. Or you can get bits and pieces here and there. Or, you know, you know, I feel as if storytelling is very much, very, very much something that we still hold on to, even though we don't talk about it that much. Hence, movies, TV shows, podcasts, music, create all artists are storytellers. So, you know, anyways. So through those stories, hopefully that something was inspiring. And I think that when it comes to relationships with women, we have to really be in touch with the feminine. We have to really connect with them. We have to really hold space. We have to really listen to them. And we have to really be dedicated to learning our ourselves. Um, and that mimics you know, into the relationship. So, you know, but yes, um, I am just not getting back to this. That was over a month ago. So, um, and looking back on this episode, I would just like to say that, um, Womanhood, motherhood, sisterhood, um, all of those things um, centered around women and the lives that we lead are very, um, how could I put it, um, translucent.
Um, they're very um, ethereal. Ethereal. They're very lucid. Um, they kind of blur into each other. And I think that as women, we don't see the effects each have on our lives, on our well-being, um, no, no matter what body it is, the psychic, um, the mental, um, the um, emotional, the physical, all of those bodies, the spiritual, all of those, all of those bodies um, are affected by those lives. So here, I just want to open this space to say thank you for tuning in. Um, all of my um, episodes from here on out will be raw and uncut. There's nothing, nothing else will be edited. I don't really feel the need to edit my podcast. I don't want to speak. Um, I don't know. This is not for monetary gain. I just want to speak. Um, I have a lot to talk about. I have a lot to share. And sometimes ideas and um, um, thoughts come up and I want to share them all. And it's part, also a part of my process of clearing my throat chakra and all of those um, issues and blockages that I have regarding the way I speak and expressing myself and all of those things. So again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening, honoring you, honoring me, honoring this planet, under this, honoring the cosmos. Thank you. We're here. Um, I know a lot of people don't think that um, what I do is um, the definite, like, is uh, makes sense. But I'm into it. I'm led by intuition. Um, I'm led by um, researching and learning and allowing myself to grow with the things that I'm going through. Um, and most of it is intuitive. Most of it is ancestral. Most of it comes from um, there are codes that have been given to me in ways that I didn't know until I see other people saying the same exact thing. That they didn't get these codes from books. That they didn't get these codes from watching someone else. That they got them the same way that I got them. And that's confirmation enough for me. So, again, thank you for tuning in. It's and with love. Um... I wish you a beautiful day or night or whatever. And, you know, may you align with what you need to align and may you get what you need in alignment. Um, So thank you.